going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Orange Slices. We are your hosts, Heath Pierce, Mark McKenzie. Time has passed, the World Cup is now over, but we gotta catch up with uh, you guys about some things. We're gonna answer some questions for you guys. It's almost the end of the year, so we gotta get into a little mailbag, kind of reflect on some things, talk a little bit. But first, Mark, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Coming off a, a long match last night, 120 plus minutes. Uh, yeah, definitely a difficult one, but at the end of the day, it's the cup. We get the win, and we move on to the next round. So, uh, yeah, feeling good. Streak is still alive. That's also nice. Uh, and it's the holiday season, man. You know, family's coming out, yeah. so that's uh, looking forward to that. How you doing, bro? I'm doing all right, man. I got a few days left here in Dubai. Got to go to the World Cup a few times. Saw some amazing games. But I'm, like, at that, you know, <laughs> football burnout point where I'm just ready for, you know, it's been, like, a passive work experience. That's been nice, so, like, for Soccer Ventures has been pretty, we've got a lot to do in terms of like strategy and planning and all these things, calls and whatnot, but everybody kind of was focused on on the World Cup throughout the day. So you didn't have like, there was not a lot of wasted time. So that that part was nice. But now it's like uh, I gave up one thing and, and, and got another, which was unlimited amounts of games. And now it's over and I'm a little bit burned out. But um, so you guys are back in the cup. You, you get a win. What's that been like having that level of a gap in between? And do, do you have another gap coming up too? Do you yeah. guys have other time, more time coming up? Yeah. Soon? So we play Monday, a boxing day, and then we don't play again until January 7th. So we have like almost, yeah, 10, 12 days, if I do my math okay. correctly, of kind of no football. Well, not no football, but until you play your next game, you know, and then you. But yeah. you come out of this World Cup break where it's been World Cup on all the time, all the time, you know. It's mm -hmm. been your out-of-game rhythm because now you've had four or five weeks of no games and then, okay, you can play friendlies. But it's not the same as playing competitive matches. And then finally, after right. weeks off, you come back and you play in the Cup. You know, and it's this thing of, well, you try and stay fresh from last week in our last friendly match, but you also want to push the fitness a bit. But then you go into this cup match knowing it's win or stay home, you know. And for us, we want to continue. It's one of two trophies we can win this year. So, so ultimately, uh, you want to you advance. So it's, it's kind yeah. of been strange, you know, having this stop-start, stop-start in a way uh, over this last, you know, couple months. But, look, it's part of it. This has been a, a funky year, but, yeah, you get through it. And, and once we get to January, then it's, it's full, full speed ahead. You know, at that point, we got, like, five, six games in January. So, yeah, it'll be packed pack month. Okay, so you went over to the States, the start of the World Cup. Uh -huh. You had a little bit of time off before coming back, training camp. You were in Spain for, for that training camp. Um, how different is that, by the way, going to like a Spain? Because when I was in pre-seasons or mid-seasons and I was playing in Europe, we went to Turkey, we went to Dubai, we went to Spain. And there's some MLS teams that will do the European trip, especially the East Coasters. But, you know, generally now because of the teams and because of the season and stuff, like, you, you end up in, like, Southern California or Florida or these places. I mean, was it was it a nice trip? Where in Spain were you? No, we were in Alicante. So it was a really okay, nice, nice trip. Uh, southern coast of Spain. Uh, the weather was about as good as it could get, you know, in the winter. We were probably probably like a, in the 50s range. You know, you had a day, you know, touch the 60s, uh, high 60s, you know, I think maybe once or twice. But you get in that range of, of yeah, low 50s, high 40s to, to, to 60 range. So the weather. Okay, so not super warm. No, it wasn't not super warm, warm, but it was warmer than yeah. than Belgium at it's the good time. Good football weather, though. Of course, the pitches are nice. You know, you get some sunshine, which in Belgium you you don't get the sunshine for most days in in, in the winter. So ultimately, you know, any kind of sunshine is is a blessing. Uh, but yeah, you go there. I'll tell you what, though. By the way, 
The, the European boys will get their shirts off, though. <laughs> 60, 60 and no wind. Let me tell you, they the boy, start rolling the, up the, the sleeves. Boys, the, boys, you know, the boys are getting a tan. Thighs coming out, putting on sunscreen. Oh, you just yeah. got to be careful. You know, my nose, you know, it can get get burned a little bit. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. if you don't stop, the sun come out for about 20 minutes, you know. So, no, it was a good trip, though, overall. Uh, only part that sucked was the running, as usual. As usual. Yeah. Went to training camp. Man, you know what's crazy is I just got these... these uh, Four Star Adventures, we got, a, we got a new CEO. His name's Ernesto Bruce. He came over from Adidas, spent mm-hmm. his entire professional career there, oversaw soccer for a long time, but was most recently in charge of running. And so one night we were at a dinner and he was kind of recommending these, these, uh, these, these Adidas shoes for like a running shoe. And I'd always worn like a multi, like a, like a, not a, I don't know what the right word is, like just. An athletic shoe, like a, a, I know yeah, exactly like what you're talking shoe. about. It's like a running shoe, but it's like for walking, it's like multi-sport, but it's not really like, it's not a running shoe. It's not like a gym shoe. It's that it's like hybrid. It's a multi-purpose yeah, shoe. It's like a hybrid. Know? It's of... not a cross trainer, because I don't even know if that even exists anymore. <laughs> People, they call things cross trainers anymore. But it's something like that, right? Like I could walk or run and I could spend all day in them. It's like the shoe you travel in. Exactly. Right? It's your exactly. travel shoe. Like. You got a game, either you're on the bus or you're on the plane, you got that shoe where you know that they're comfortable, whether you got your orthotics in or not, like you're, you're, you're cruising. Um, and so uh, there's, there's, there's uh, I got these shoes and I started running while I was here and I'm not a big fan of running, um, but these actually have some like pop in them. Like I, they like, it's the first shoe that I was always, I, I was almost like, oh my gosh, it's almost a little bit of fun yeah. to run in these shoes and I didn't know they existed because I always had you know you you get out your you're in training camp you get out your runners and and maybe you're running maybe you're in boots for the day yeah. uh, maybe it's an early morning jog but like never in a in in that type of scenario at least for me outside of off seasons and I was actually like I might actually start enjoying running uh with like just the level that shoes are at right now pretty impressive well it's crazy because I have guys in the locker room who are bringing out some some funky brands you know and I'm like wow how could you ever wear that shoe like it does not look nice like nah bro the sole of it feels nice on my knees my ankles my back doesn't hurt mm-hmm. you know so so those trail runs that we have some days those those uh off you know off the training pitch runs they're popping, you know, and and again, these shoes aren't. Hang on, let me see. I think I got one. Here. Like like this. Like this is not. This is not a. And 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 the people they probably won't be able to see it. Uh, we'll, we'll clip it or whatever. But yeah, it's not necessarily a running shoe, but it's also not a gym shoe, but it's also a travel shoe, you know. So yeah. the, the the give to it, there's not a whole lot of, of pop in it, you know. Uh, yeah. But there are some of those Nike shoes where they have this this weird. Uh, asymmetrical yeah, that, type of curve on the yeah, and it's like how does that feel now, comfortable? And they're super. They're they're like mine aren't super comfortable, but they're firm. They're like really hard, and they don't you can't bend them. They're exactly like stiff, but it has like when you push off of the sole of your foot, it's like that, I'm like it's like jumping, and yeah, it's like a rocker in there, like, almost like a like the shape of like a snowboard is right. Or kind of has this rocker in it, and and like that changed things for me because like 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 those ones you have like. That's a comfortable shoe to wear for long hours. That's a comfortable shoe if you got to do some laps, but for, you know, um, yeah. For those extended uh, runs, you know, it's yeah, it'll it'll, exactly. it'll wear and tear on you a bit. But yeah, man, I, it's changed too. Anyways, it's changed too with with you guys. I know you always talk about those early morning runs when we were when yeah we were at training camp. Was it always? Uh, did you ever have like three a days? Did you ever have you know those those days where? You know, you don't even really take out the football boots. You know, you're you're, you're solely on on the track or, or on the pitch running. 
there were some days like, you know, there were some preseason days. It was oddly like where I had the longest days under Jurgen Klinsmann with the national team. Like it was, we'd have like a 7 a.m. run, come back, your smoothie's ready for you at the hotel. Then you have breakfast. Then we'd have a gym session at 10.30 to noon. Then we'd have some sort of like yoga session in the afternoon. And then we'd be training after that. Or like yoga or yeah. like some sort of like learning thing. I mean, they, they were full days, dude. And I remember being like, man, this is really long. Because you didn't even touch the ball right. until the afternoon. Like, but you were already wiped out um, by then. We had like controlled like vitamin sessions. And we had a, 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 a nutritionist take us to, the, to, to, to dinner every night to help us pick out our food at like the Whole Foods open bar um, thing. Long days. But mostly in like Germany, they loved the two-a-days twice a week. Yeah. Denmark, I loved doing it there because it was mostly like – You'd have a gym session plus a little bit more, and then the afternoons was usually small sided and like play. Right. It wasn't. It was pretty, pretty easy. Um, pretty easy to be able to like enjoy and control and 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 it was fun. It was the fun stuff, you know. Um, whereas like our double days when I was in Germany, those long days or even triple days at times when we had the early morning runs. Um, we did early morning runs in Germany where we our club was broke at the time and <laughs> we didn't go on a training camp. We did. A, Pre, we did our mid-season in the countryside of our town where the beach was like frozen, like ice on the <laughs> beach, you know, early morning runs where it's still dark outside. And like those were, those were rough. Um, and they were long sessions too. It wasn't like now where you have like two sessions and be like one of them would be like an hour yeah. each type of thing. This was like, this was long, long days. And that's the, the, that was it. You know, when we got to camp, I was expecting – yeah, because, yeah, you're locked in pretty much. You're at the resort. You know, for us, we were at a resort. You're kind of, we're in the mountains, so we're already away from everything. It's like a 30-minute drive down to the city, so you can't really get away yeah. in enough time. So you get up in the morning, you just go for a run, or we have a, a, a gym session, you know, and then you have maybe an hour, and then you have lunch, then you have maybe uh, strength, uh, what is it, like activation or something like that, something to, to, to keep the body going. Then you have lunch, then you go back out onto the pitch in the afternoon, you do some small-sided stuff Oof. and whatnot. So it's not really as, as packed as those days you had with, with Klinsman, but, you know, still, it's, it's a long day. You know, once you get back home or once you get back in your room, you're pretty much wiped out. Yeah. Well, listen, we got a lot of questions. Uh, we're going to take those, uh, a lot of Let's national team stuff, personal stuff. So let's get to as many as we can, and, and if not, we'll make sure that we grab another one of these mailbag episodes up in the near future just to keep these things going. But um, uh, appreciate everybody that's submitted these, sent them in. Yes. We appreciate you. If, you haven't, if you're not already, follow us on at uh, Slice of Soccer on Instagram and Twitter so you can submit next time and, and be part of the conversation. So, Mark, this is a question for both of us from uh, Singleton Megan. Um, highs and lows of this year for both of you and what you're looking forward to next year. You go ahead and with that one first, unless you want me to take it, and I'll, I'll keep it brief. No, uh, highs. I think uh, being on this winning streak with Gank right now, uh, that's been a big turnaround for me, you know, over the last you know, mm. two years of being in Belgium. So, so being a big part of that and being able to probably be in the best form of my career, arguably. Um, and lows, I'd say uh, probably the first part of last, of the first part of this year, like the first quarter, of kind of being in and out of out of the club team, you know, and then the other low, not making the World Cup, you know, roster, uh, probably two moments or two situations right. where, yeah, not so not so good, not so high. Yeah, that's fair. Totally understood. I I figured yours would be kind of in that range, mm -hmm. pretty predictable from from the last year that we spent together. Uh, for me, high would be 
Um, man, getting to, a, getting, getting to catch a couple World Cup games was a lot of fun. Being in person, being able to experience a number of different cultures, probably that's the high for me uh, of, of, of this year. Obviously, the low was uh, not being able to make the show while, while you were there and on the team, but I'm expecting 2026 to make that happen, so I'm not too worried about that. But from like a personal low standpoint, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, think, I think just the way the, the U.S. men's national team went out of the, the World Cup um, in the way that they did in that match, the way that they played uh, when I knew how much better they could have been was probably the low for me. I know it's over a long year, so there's probably a million other things that were were, were lows, but from just a recency bias standpoint to wrap up the year, those are kind of the two things uh, top of my mind. Um, next question from, from Mandy P25. What is your favorite World Cup moment of 2022? Favorite World Cup moment? I mean, I, I'd probably say the, the final. I mean, I think that's like the, yeah, the pinnacle of probably one of the best games I've seen in my, my 23 years of probably not even 23 years, probably my like 17, 18 years of really watching football. Uh, yeah, I mean, you see a World Cup final that, that goes out like that, you know. Either way you look at it, it was it was one for the book. So, you know, Messi going out with his World Cup after picking up two other trophies with Argentina or Mbappe with the comeback and, and helping carry the team, you know, all the way 120-plus minutes. So, yeah, I think that was probably uh, the highlight. Oh, that's fair. Who was your Who was your favorite? Uh, who was the best men's national team player you think during the World Cup? For whatever reason that is, like, was there one that stood out to you? You know, I talk a lot about like, Serginho Des had me nervous going into the World Cup because he hadn't been playing a lot, but he was one where I was just like, this guy's a baller. Yeah. Um, I like his play. He he surprised me in his willingness to play defense. He was effective going forward. You know, he was one that that stood out for me uh, in terms of his performances. Obviously, I think the maturity of Tyler Adams was, was a nice, was like a well, pleasantly welcomed uh, for me as well. I knew who, who he was and how he was as a person, but, but I mean, that's a big stage with a lot going on. So he was one that, that impressed me uh, as well. And then Tim Ream was, was another one where I was just like, man, this guy, uh, this guy showed his experience at the international level uh, after, you know, he's one that could have put his head down yeah. and had the chip on his shoulder and been mad about everything because of his role in the national team. Uh, was there was there anyone that stood out for you? No, I'd probably say those guys. You know, they stuck out for sure. Um, I was expecting. Yeah, I kind of knew I was. I knew Tim would would show up as well. Uh, Tim Weir, I knew he would show up as well and be dynamic yeah, as he, he is. You know, uh, especially coming off the injuries and whatnot, and finally getting his fitness building into the World Cup. Yeah, so I, I'd say those guys. You know, for sure. I thought West also was a, yeah. a staple. I think our midfield was really, you know, a, a big key factor in, 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 yeah, the World Cup yeah. you know, this year for yeah. us. So, uh, yeah. what, what, on the note of all that and, and sort of obviously the controversies that came out after the World Cup with Gio Reyna and Greg Berhalter and it sort of leaking out, was, was, was that surprising to you? Not necessarily the subject matter, but more so that, that something got out because I know that now, since your your group came in, it kind of swept out the old guard and brought in a bunch of young guys, and it had been a pretty tight-knit group um, that nothing seemed to get out. And you could only assume things were going great, but that's not how it always is, right? You have egos, yeah. you have people, you have drama, you have controversies, you have all kinds of little nitpicky things that happen within a group. I mean, was that surprising to you that, that it kind of sort of leaked, it, leaked its way out in the way that it did? Yeah, I, I just... I didn't think it, it closed out the year well. You know, I didn't think it closed out the tournament well for, for us. You know, it was already disappointing going out of the World Cup, you know, 
at that stage, right? You know, you want to advance as far as possible. Um, but then you look back and you're like, well, that's this some whatever that leaks is going to now overshadow potentially, you know, the 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 latter part of the the tournament, you know, for 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 many guys and for for the team, you know, and in retrospect. So, yeah, for me I I was a bit disappointed that that it came out uh, i was a bit disappointed that it became this big thing on the news and all the outlets articles and whatnot and this back and forth of who's at fault blah 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 um yeah i mean we've had situations any team is going to have situations that are going to be difficult or controversial or shake things up within the group but yeah i think it's important to kind of keep those in-house and that's just my personal but uh yeah, again, I wasn't yeah. there, so I can't say, you know, what happened and, and everything like that. I can only speak on, on yeah. you know, do, speak my piece. But, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. Yeah. Who, was, who was the uh, – how, how did you consume this World Cup? I mean, you were in a few different places throughout the tournament, uh, including, like, being probably alone for uh, a mm -hmm. short time with family, with friends, with teammates. What was your favorite way to sort of take the game in? Was it with, with the guys? Because you know how it is. It can be a long day when you're in training camp. Uh, it can be a long day with family. Uh, if, if you get too many people around that are asking the wrong questions at the wrong times when you're just trying to take the game in. You know, I personally like to lock myself, we talked about, in a room and just get away and, like, quietly listen and sometimes passively watch or sometimes take a nap. Yeah. You know, use it as a backdrop for, for a good old-fashioned nap. I mean, what was your favorite way to sort of take the game in um, in this tournament? Was there one way that you were just, like, that you preferred? No, I think, uh, look, we spent every day together, all, me and my teammates, you know, you spend so many hours together that I think it's nice kind of being to yourself, uh, being able to sit on the sofa inside the room and, yeah, kick your feet up, you know, maybe turn on a video game or something while it's halftime and, and kind of just be to yourself or, you know, pop on FaceTime with family and kind of just talk about the game and, and whatnot. But for me, it was, yeah, mainly kind of being in the room, clicking on the game on the TV. Nice. You know, there was probably a couple of games. Where, where being with the guys was a bit funny, just with who you know yeah. who guys were rooting for and whatnot. But yeah, solo is uh, solo is probably best for me. All right. Well, shifting gears a little bit, what's your uh, what's your go-to coffee order? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not even a big coffee drinker, but yeah, I'm gonna just take a cappuccino or a latte. Those are my two go-to. Okay. My girlfriend's getting me into this chai chai latte chai. Chai latte. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the gateway drug. Yeah. That's the gateway drug. <laughs> I uh, that was my first when I was living in Copenhagen. I went into this bar every every couple of days. I mean, I went in there because there was a cute girl there, but like. <laughs> Uh, hey, she listen, was like, you should listen, try these man. chai lattes. And I was like, chai latte? Yeah, let's There's more do than it. There's more than one and, gateway, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, and at that point, I had been like, I'd go out with the teammates and stuff, and I always got like a berry or like a fruity tea of some kind. And... Um, and the chai latte was the first one. I was like, okay, there's some flavors in here that I can get down with. And then... And then I was... Next two years, I was still on like the tea kick and kind of away from coffee. And then I got into it. Now looking back, like all the cities that I lived in in Europe and all these things, I wish I was had had a coffee game. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm like a pour over coffee in the morning and I have espresso in the afternoon, like light on light on the liquid side of things, and just like I need that just straight punch that to the punch face right in the afternoon. afternoon. To, I need to finish to, to finish get going. strong. I'm actually like. I've been deep in the interwebs looking for a new coffee machine. <laughs> like I am so I could tell you anything about coffee machines right now. Uh, the, the 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 for anybody at home. I'll tell you this, okay? You should spend 50% of your total budget on a grinder, just so you know. Your total <laughs> coffee budget, 50% of it should be spent on the grinder. The machine will help, the beans will help, 
But the most important thing is your grinder, the consistency of your grind, the consistency of like uh, just the, creating the flavor profile. So just know that. And if you think I'm wrong, just Google it from anybody who lives and works in the professional coffee world. Listen, people, it's this is a connoisseur right here. This is a connoisseur. You hear the way he's breaking down the grind. details. And that's not even now. Like I've been deep in the coffee game for a long time, but uh, now I'm looking for a machine because I had a manual uh, espresso uh -huh. machine that I've been doing espressos with for a while. And now I want to get into a little bit more of like some latte art, you know, like uh -huh. sort of making some lattes at home and things like that. But uh, I shouldn't have answered that question because I'll go on all day about that <laughs> stuff. So we'll move it. We'll move. We'll move it along. Um, this this is probably too long uh, to give a short answer, but we'll try it anyway because um, I know we don't have a lot of time. But um, type of person makes a good captain. Christian Pulisic went on Tim Ream's podcast recently, and he was talking about they were both talking about more so not a captain, more of their manager type. And they're talking about like just the generation of managers that they both liked were the ones that could just really understand, talk efficiently, talk humanly to you like empathize with the player, like understand, like yeah. basically ego management, right? At the highest level now versus like the rah, 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 or like tough love only type yeah. of guy. And that being the difference. And, you know, but for a captain and a team, there's, there's more nuances than that, right? Oh man. Yeah. I think for me, um, a captain, I think somebody who's just, I mean, when we step on the pitch, you know, he's somebody who you're going to look next to and say, this guy's a dog, you know, he's going to roll up his sleeves, you know, no matter what's going on in the game. Uh, yeah, he's willing, no matter if we're losing 3-0, you know, if we're we're up 4-0, well, he's going to get put the work in either way. And it's cliche, but I think it's something simple, you know, that, that, that I personally, I look for, you know, and those are qualities that I try and have, you know, just on a daily basis. Because it's it's not easy, you know, guys. When you label that that captain, those are that, that's where all the eyes go, right? So you need somebody who embodies the the culture of the team, somebody who embodies the the identity, you know, of the the majority within the group. So yeah, I think that's just one simple thing, you know, that that I look for. That's fair. Um, which women's uh, national team player are you most excited to see play at the upcoming World Cup? And by the way, we can't speculate on rosters because we don't know who's on those rosters yet. Uh, and we're in a little bit of a generational shift between yeah. the old generation and the new generation. And them young girls got some stuff to yeah. prove at the highest level because I'll tell you, I mean, going, even going into the last World Cup, there was still this idea of like, you know, you got to prove yourself every single time. The U.S. is of course. Is, uh, is the top, 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 top cream of the crop. So um, yeah. I don't know who's going to make this, uh, yeah. this, this, this roster. Um, but is there anybody that excites you? I mean, you see, like Sophie Smith, she's going, she's balling out. Uh, mm -hmm. But for me, it's been Rose Lavelle. I feel like she's just, she's got a class to her. Uh, even in the last, the previous yeah. World Cup, you know, she, she, she's a baller. You know, left-footed as well. So. Yeah, lefties are, are usually pretty special. You know, not too pacey, but uh, pretty special usually. I went to that final. I went to a I went to a bunch of the women's games. That was a lot of fun. I uh, spent the month in Paris. But yeah, Rosa Bell was one of my favorites. She actually one of the games I went to. I think it was the quarterfinal. Or something she didn't start in, but um, just clean. You know. Clean, yeah, man. Just a clean player. Um, any video games you're playing right now? Call of Duty, Modern Warfare Two. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not playing FIFA. FIFA pisses me off too much. Because too much of my blood pressure be going up too high. Uh, 2K, NBA 2K. Those are my three go-tos. Well, two. It's FIFA. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm not playing any. You play? Yeah, I was going to ask. Do you play video I'm games at all? I'm kind of, I kind of, no. Like, we've got the we've got the Nintendo Switch out at home. Um, when we're home, we've been gone for, like, over a month now. But uh, the kids like to play Mario Party or we play, like, um, 
different Mario games, but yeah, I haven't really, I haven't really gotten into anything. Even the other day, I was walking through the store, uh, looking at PlayStation games and and yeah. uh, even even Nintendo Switch games, and I just nothing really jumped out at me. That's kind of out of the loop. I play a little bit of FIFA here and there, but not really. Devotedly at the moment. To the like moment, dude, Chad Ocho Cinco yeah. playing uh, Bet. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd smoke both those guys, but like, I'm not playing a ton. Actually, I know, I know, I know Ocho can play, but, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, not, not a lot right now. Yeah. Uh, final question for the day: uh, Will soccer development grow enormously, enormously before 2026? I mean, I think yeah. it will grow. Uh, I think putting a uh, the enormous label on it is is a bit. Uh, almost i don't want to say far-fetched but it's not realistic you know i think it's going to take more time uh than just four years after you know world cup to or four years in between the world cups to say it's going to turn into this you know clean uh functioning functioning on this high operating level you know i don't think that's that's it's not going to be the case you know that's just being realistic right. but i think it will grow i think only it can only go up right you're hosting a world cup in north america in the united states and it's going to create this this energy you know this excitement about the uh -huh. game uh, you see already it brought a numerous enormous amount of eyes to to the tournament just from the us side um so you know by having all these kids watching the game and, and excited, you know, seeing what Mbappe is able to do and looking at th things like that, you know, I think that's only going to make it even better. And then seeing the U.S. in the World Cup, it's going to push kids to yeah. to want to, to do it at the highest level here, you know, and, and, and move on further. So, yeah, I think it will grow, but enormous, yeah. not necessarily. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's a groundswell, right? It's like it's like trying to see this gigantic wave in the middle of the ocean right. uh, that you can't see, and it's growing faster than all of all of us believe it even to be growing. And I think, but but explosive growth or enormous growth is really hard to measure because you're perhaps measuring like a hundred year history against a, a very small window right. of time. Uh, and I think that time will come. I think we're closer to it than we think we are. But I also think that it's not as simple as flipping a switch and then it's just going to be Isn't there or it's just some big explosion and everything's going to be. Um, you know, as big as ever. But I do think it's growing faster than any of us can tell. And, and, and especially us that are in the industry or playing the game, you can sort of see it happening mm -hmm. at the youth level from development, which is going to inspire people to enjoy the game to, to, to the just sort of different ways in which fans can get involved with the sport for sure. And I promise in four um, years, in four years, you're going to see, you're going to see levels, you know, go, go through the roof for sure. But yeah, yeah man, like it's, it. it's growing more than we, more than we know. Well, that's it, man. That's it. Um, those are our questions for today. We'll make sure that we get to the rest another time. Um, we just want to thank you to, again to, to, to everyone that submitted questions. We appreciate all of you. If we didn't mention some of your names um, towards the end there, I apologize. Just got, um, got uh, distracted trying to get to as many questions as we could while we had all of us on the same time zone. But we wish everybody a great holiday yes. and a happy new year. And we'll be back in 2023 with more interviews, more episodes, more hanging out, more mailbags, yes, all those types of things. Um, but of course, uh, until then, on behalf of myself, uh, Mark McKenzie, uh, our producer Matt and everybody else that's involved in the show. Uh, we thank all of you and we will see you guys soon. Peace!